You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. Oh, hello, Bride Chillers and Groom Chillers. Alicia here. This is the Bride Chiller Podcast. If you didn't know what's going on with your life. Uh, today on the show, I'm very, very excited to welcome the lovely Bron, the flower guy, onto the show. And I must say, before you say anything, Bron, I read your website and I just want to read a little tiny sentence, an excerpt, which basically sets Bron up and why I'm so excited about speaking with him today. He says, I let the blooms whisper and I listen. Therefore, it's not always rocket science, but sometimes it is. And I rise to the occasion. Bron, (laughs) you're a god. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having (laughs) me. I'm so excited to be a part of this conversation. Uh, I have been looking forward to it. When I read biogs like that, I'm just like, "This this is my person. I'm so happy. Oh, I'm glad you, you, you got it. You know, like people really overthink this whole industry, I think, and which is why yes. I'm so excited to chat with you. So I tell people all the time, they're just flowers. Get over it. You know, oh, so it, it, it's rarely rocket science. I mean, every now and then we catch ourselves hanging something that shouldn't be hung or putting something on a wall. Now, those things, you know, require just a tad bit of rocket science, but generally it's, <laughs> it's not that deep. So I, I encourage everyone to take a dag on deep breath and relax. Thank you. Thank you, firstly, for just saying that. I've been, this is like, I'm into the 350s episodes of this show. (laughs) And I think this is the the main thing we just need to reiterate over and over again. It's just stuff. It's a great party. You're going to have a good time, but let's Mm -hmm. not go crazy. Let's just enjoy ourselves. Tell me about it. Do your own thing. And if you can't, if you can't figure it out, there's a bucket that you have. What kind of bucket is it? It's the fuck it bucket. There it is. There it is. <laughs> I just want I to enjoy. You can come and be my permanent co-host. I just feel like we're just going to vibe now. It's just going to work out just fine for us. Oh, I agree. Anytime you're, you're, you you want to have me on, I'm here for it. Well, I'll book it. Let's book it. Now, look, let's talk flowers. Today we're talking about flower timelines, florals, all the extra things that come along with buying, selecting, and working with florists. And it, yeah. uh, let's start from scratch. Where, When did you get into the flowers, the floral industry, and what attracted you to this career? So, you know, it's so interesting, and I'm glad you asked, and everyone that talks to me wants to know, how did I get into this Mm. industry? Because it was not planned. (laughs) I have no formal training whatsoever in floral design. I went to college to be an educator, and I did that, and then I became an administrator, and I had a really, really robust career um, supporting kids with disabilities in our local school systems. And, you know, I just reached a point where I was burned out, and I was needing to really get centered and dial back to what was making me happy. Mm. And I had the luxury of an undergrad interning and having some exposure with a highly sought after florist in the Washington, D.C. area. And as a result of that small exposure of just being in her environment and being exposed to her graciousness and how and just kind of seeing how elegant and luxurious flowers could be, it sparked kind of like this, hmm, you know, when I get big, when I grow up, I want to have flowers in my house. Had no idea that I would ever design them, but it was just a matter of like, oh, I see why grocery stores have flower displays because people like flowers. It's a thing. So I decided that when I grew up, I was going to have flowers in my house. And so I had the tackiest flowers. I had no clue what I was doing. 
But it, it, it moves my guests. Everyone that came was like, oh my gosh, you have fresh flowers. I'm like, yeah, I have fresh flowers. Aren't I cool? <laughs> so as time went on, like the designing kind of grew and I was kind of self-teaching my stuff, thank God, to YouTube and, and all of the people who were offering like YouTube education at the time several years ago. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of picked up a knack for it. And eventually I it just clicked. I'm like, this is kind of monetizable. And I had a friend ask me to do their wedding. I did it. And the rest was history. So stumbled upon it, have a background in education, still do some floral education, but this was all just meant to be. And it just, it just unfolded right in front of me. Well, looking at your beautiful galleries on your website and following social media, you bring it like these, this is impressive stuff. And I mean, thank you. I, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I know pretty and that stuff is pretty. And I mean, that's what well, it's about. Well, let me about. tell you, you know, and that's what it's all about. You know, I have given up trying to identify, you know, who I am as a designer, what it is I do specifically. Like, drop the bull crap. Like, who am I? What do I want to see? I want to see pretty. And as mm. long as it's pretty, it's consistent with my brand and I'm happy with it. Mm. So I, I don't I don't spend a ton of time trying to, like, identify the who's, the what's, the when's, the how's, and the why's. It, to me, is it elegant? Is it classic? Is it beautiful? And am I bringing it? And that's what me and my team try to do every weekend of our life. Oh, but put that on a T-shirt. Great. I'd buy it. You <laughs> <be a seller. laughs> I love it. Brian, I'm happy you mentioned about walking into a home and seeing fresh flowers because I think straight away it just provides, well, the smell if you've got a scented flower. Mm-hmm. But also if I see a vase with flowers and I'm like, bam, this is this is a classy household or, some, or someone's oh. – or someone's done something wrong and someone's bought some flowers. Or <laughs> <laughs> someone's done something real bad. Yeah. Or, you know, or the, it, they've got pride in their home and this is a lovely, uh, you know, addition. And I always say when I become a real housewife, I will have a personal florist and I fill that fucking house with flowers. I would uh, love <laughs> to be that person for you. You know, I, I'm I'm somewhat shamed to say that I well I really shouldn't be shamed, but I watched the Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Oh yeah. And the and the one thing that I am most impressed about these this family is the fact that everyone has an outrageous amount of fresh <laughs> flowers in their home in every room all the time. And so I watch this and I'm like, why are you watching this stuff? And I'm like the flowers. It's the about flowers. the decor. Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm in love with them. Uh, yeah, so flowers are definitely a gracious and an elegant and simple way of just totally living an elevated lifestyle. And so I've totally bought into it. And oh I'm gosh, here for yes. all of it. I love it. I want to know, just to go to the Kardashians, and uh, I'm also thinking about, I love the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Actually, I love all the Real Housewives. I've got a problem. Let me tell you. Mm. A girlfriend of mine is actually on the Housewives of Potomac, Candace Diller. And I went to her wedding. She (gasps) got married a couple of months ago in D.C. And when I tell you it was a Hollywood glam affair and by far the most extravagant and over-the-top wedding I've ever experienced, did not do her flowers. (laughs) Whoever did her flowers, hats off to them. Amazing. So we share a love for Housewives. Oh, I'm going to go and Google the hell out of that after we get off this call. Yeah, People Magazine. It was great. Oh, well, I'm excited. Well I, well, I always want to know, talking about flowers in houses, we are going back to weddings, but I'm just going down this track. Yeah. How, do the people, do they come in, they must have a day, they come in and remove all the flowers and replace the flowers mm-hmm. very discreetly because they wouldn't want to get in anyone's way. I just love that that sort of level of wealth or just, you know, Mm. notoriety whatever you want to say where people can just pop in give you a whole new floral sort of outlook into your home and then just leave 
Yeah, it's it's definitely a luxury service, especially at that level. Um, mm-hmm. You're seen, you're not heard, and mm-hmm. and every time you show up, you're doing something that is just gonna blow the minds of, of the wow. client. And so we do um, have the privilege of serving some clients at that level um, here in our market. And I mean, it's just it's just overwhelming that people trust you with their homes. You know, these people are entertaining regularly and they just appreciate, you know, the finer things in life. And flowers are a sheer luxury. You know, you're not guaranteed to get any amount of life out of a perishable product. And, you know, we're trying to get these things, you know, to last and to fill these people's homes for at least a week and in some cases shorter. So, you know, it's, it's very important that we have our eye on on quality, the freshest, finest things that we can source in the most beautiful vases just to keep our clients happy. So it is an experience. Like even when I walk into some of my clients' homes to take the discarded flowers out, I'm just like, golly, I'd like to have some of these scraps. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> so it's, it's definitely a thing, you know, but um, everyone can't necessarily have that. But, you know, one of the things that I always encourage is, you know, I teach people how to design flowers with grocery store flowers. You know, right. it doesn't have to be things that I'm ordering from Holland and, you know, or things I'm ordering from specific farms. You know, it can really be your everyday flowers from your fresh market, your Whole Foods, wherever you shop. Everyone sells flowers. Grab something and play and put it in your home and appreciate it. Okay, well, this is great. You've just you've done a perfect transition to our topic today, and that is, of you know, wedding wedding florals, and whether it is you're spending five hundred bucks or fifty thousand dollars, oh, you can make it happen. So, yeah, where do we begin, Bron? What, yeah. what, what, how would you like to begin? I've got so, so much to ask and say. Yeah, well, I'm, this is the you're right. This is the perfect way to kind of segue into this conversation. So, even though I'm a florist and that is how I make my my living, I encourage every bride. If every bride was to stop in my studio before they book anything at all, mm-hmm. I would have everyone sit down with their family, whoever's contributing, bridegroom, parents, whoever, sit down and identify your must haves. And that list should really determine how you're making your investments and how you're cycling your money throughout this process. What I've noticed is that a lot of times, you know, of course, planners are booked, venues are booked, catering is booked. And, you know, the venue might not be the most important thing to the bride or groom or or groom and groom or bride or bride, whatever the couple's makeup is. Or maybe it's not food and beverage. In some cases, a lot of brides come to us and have already spent $50,000, only have ten thousand dollars left in their budget but their main priority is flowers so how Ah. how does how does that work for for them and also me as their vendor trying to make their number one priority fit into the smallest priorities budget um so (laughs) that is my my biggest thing is sit down identify your must-haves what are your things that you're most passionate about and then let that list drive your decision making from there on out Great advice. And so when, if someone is just, they've just gotten engaged, they're like, all right, I am, I have prioritized and I've decided that florals are a a real, really important thing to me, or perhaps they're not as important, but we've got a really drab looking, not drab, that sounds terrible. Our venue isn't (laughs) as pizzazzy as we'd want and we need to add a lot of stuff to it. How do we go about then figuring out, well, how much money we should spend out of a budget? I know this is a bit of an endless question mm-hmm. that may, may not have a real answer, but also when we should start approaching florists and, and, and how do we start working with the florist? Because I think people get overwhelmed with going, oh, yeah. I don't know what, I don't know, I don't know anything about a flower. Uh, yeah. And then just go, oh, it's too much. I'll wait till two months before the wedding and have a meltdown. 
Oh gosh, and we want to prevent all meltdowns. That's what that's what us <laughs> is, as wedding professionals, event professionals, are here to do to prevent the meltdown. Yes. So my my word of advice would be to start clipping pictures, start saving pictures on Pinterest, whatever you're using, and and develop a database of images that you like. And then I want you to take those images to your planner if you have a planner. And we're going to do two different scenarios. If you have a planner, hopefully that planner has enough general awareness of of price points from those images that they should be able to tell you ballpark ranges of what your design style would cost you. Mm -hmm. That's your first line of defense is your planner if you have one. Now, if you don't have a planner, then you need to take those same pictures and you need to take them to, to, to the florist. And you need to have a consultation and you need to get a feel for what your look costs. And so I always encourage everyone to do their due diligence, even brides and grooms and couples that sit on my sofa that are meeting with me. I want them to work with me because they have decided that out of a list of two or three, I was the best for them. Mm -hmm. So I even say, like, come meet with me. Come on, bring me your pictures. Let me tell you what this would cost. Not a ballpark. Let me tell you exactly what this design will cost you so that you can start actuating your budget appropriately. That, like I ask brides all the time, you know, I say, so, you know, what is your investment? What would you like to allocate towards flowers? And they overwhelmingly, I hear brides and grooms and couples say, well, you know, I, I don't really know. I've never done this before. Well, no yeah. shit, Sherlock. Of course you haven't. But, <laughs> you, you know, everyone has an idea. They might not know exactly where your prices are going to fall versus where they want to be. And so that's really like a, a defense mechanism for a lot of brides and grooms. But then I flip the question back and say, well, how much do you not want to spend? You might not mm. know. You might not know what dollar amount your look costs. But you know what you find reasonable and what you find absurd. So let's start talking yep. about that number. Let's, let's say, you know, how does this range? How does the three to five thousand dollar range feel for you if they don't grunt? Well, how does the five to nine thousand dollar range feel for you? If I start seeing a little pressure, but they haven't you know, hit the hammer down, then I'm like, okay, well, how does that nine to 15, and then they're like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So there you go. <laughs> so you don't know what you want to spend, but you sure as hell know what you don't want to spend. <laughs> and so that's the approach I take, well, you know, with couples as it relates to, you know, trying to figure out like what you want and is that, is what you want reasonable within your budget. And, you know, and I tell everyone, get the best that you can afford. I tell, I'm not a pedal pusher. I want you to have what is appropriate and what you need. And hopefully those things are also what you want. But in the event that it's not, you have two decisions to make. You have to make the decision is, is my vision worth making the extra investment if you can, or am I going to be able to be comfortable with what I can afford? And I can't help you make either of those decisions. I can just provide you with all of the options possible. I love that. And I love the the idea, the reverse psychology in that is so powerful. And I think, Bron, vendors should be picking this up more often because not only will it make them more money because they're not going to lose, they're not going to be ghosted by people that are just mm -hmm. like, oh, stick a shock, I'm out. Yeah. I don't want to talk to these people again. I'm embarrassed. I don't want to talk about money. And <laughs> I, I, It's hard because, you know, I it talk a lot on the show. Of, yeah. The idea that, you know, we're not conditioned in our society to chat about cash very openly and I think people get to weddings and are like oh fuck I've got to mm -hmm. say how much money I want to spend and that makes me yeah. feel uncomfortable and, and then you yeah. just sort of go into your shell yeah I do a lot going. of I, I, I've gone through a few different phases when talking about money with brides in the very beginning of when I started my business in consultations I really spent a ton of time 
being transparent. So I thought talking about money throughout the entire process. And as we move to, towards more higher um, budget um, brides and events and grooms and couples, I realized that, you know, those clients didn't necessarily need to talk about dollars and cents as much, but they're definitely as a vendor, some, some key words that clients will use that will give me an idea of whether or not I need to have that dollar and cent conversation earlier in the process as opposed to during the design um, presentation. And so I'm just listening. I'm listening for, you know, people saying, you know, um, well, we I've already bought some some X, Y, Z. I'm like, OK, well, clearly they're trying to save some money or, you know, how do you feel about, you know, me buying X, Y, Z? I'm like, oh, OK, there's a red flag. Well, what about repurposing? Or, you know, I love candles. Candles are so great. I love candles. Those are all kind of question marks that start developing in my head. Like, okay, we have a cost conscious client. You know, one of the one of the newest ones is I just love greenery. And I'm like, if you go on, if you go on my website, there is not a ton of greenery. Now I do use it, but I use it to complement a whole lot of flowers. So if you come to yeah. me and you're like, I just love I'm, I'm thinking to myself, why the hell are you here? Like, not that I don't love greenery too, but it's not my way of telling stories. So I'm listening, I'm hearing, and I'm, I'm adjusting my experience with that client based on those keywords and what I'm hearing as I'm navigating them through that creative experience. I love your phrase, not my way of telling stories, because I think that actually is something that we can take into so many different facets of life when we're dealing with any sort of commercial situation where you're approaching someone to do something for mm-hmm. you. If you if you aren't looking at doing your research and your due, due diligence when you are approaching someone, of course, I, I go straight to your website and you're right, it is full of flowers. It's bold and beautiful and they're luscious. And, you know, I think if, if they do want to – palm fronds and you know whatever probably not your scene no yeah. disrespect to palm not fronds. at all you can never say the word yeah. listen it. alicia i just got an inquiry today and it still tickles me because i'm really intentional with my marketing to make sure that the images that we put out are always on the higher end look of things and sure. i got this i got this inquiry today and it says Braun, your work is just so amazing it's so beautiful and over the top i'm not working with a large budget i'm just kind of curious as to where your prices start and i'm just like here we go you know and I, I i love the inquiry and i appreciate it and of course we're going to do everything that we can to work with that client um because we, we kind of believe in serving everyone no matter what their price point is so we have a couple of different routes that we can take brides but it just it, it just is amazing to me you know, you know what we put out, and then you know the with the inquiries that come in sometimes. But you know, it is just is what it is. You know, brides are always you know looking for you know what suits them, and and, and nine times out of ten, they're looking for something that they might not be able to quite get. But I take a lot of pride in educating my clients and saying, you know, well, you might not be able to get this, but what's the best version that I can give you that's going to be as close to your design aesthetic as possible? So we we work with folks. Bron, after the break, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, well, just busting some flower myths, a little bit about how to look after flowers when we should buy them if we're DIYing, and also a bit of a timeline to working with flowers that are in and out of season, because I know that can really mess with budgets if you want something that you've got to fly all across. This is uh, Bride Chiller. I'm talking to lovely Bron, the flower guy, and there is more after this. 
Bron, timelines are very important when it comes to weddings and sometimes we can get confused, leave things to the last minute or perhaps do things way ahead of time and then forget. Uh, what is the best time for you if I were to come and approach you to work uh, with with us to create our beautiful wedding florals? How far in advance should we be approaching florists and, yeah, well, and getting all this in? And, you know, that, 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 that question is a little loaded and I'm going to just kind of break it down <laughs> because, you know, every bride has different needs. You know, if you're just looking for personal flowers, which are, you know, bouquets, boutonnieres, corsages, and maybe a few spats for your, for your ceremony, you know, you don't need to see me any more than a few months ahead. Now, uh-huh. uh, to keep in mind that we are a very busy, most florists are very busy during certain seasons. So you do run the risk of the florist not being able to take any more events. But technically, as far as being able to source the product, you don't really need often much more than a couple of months. But we generally work in terms of full scale wedding um, florals and production. So I always recommend no less than eight months. I think eight to 12 months out is a good warm and fuzzy for me to be able to talk to my brokers, get the best prices on the flowers that I need to source for your event, and then also bring in the hard goods because those things go in and out of stock at most of the wholesalers and at most of the you know, the big decor houses. So I like to make sure that the second we meet, we book you quickly, I get that, that retainer, and I start purchasing your hard goods um, a year out. And so that way, what are, I what are hard goods? Tell me what. So hard think goods about mean. think about your vases, your mm. you know it, your, the vases for your flowers, the stands. You know if you have some special mercury glass requests or different. You know, right now rose gold is very popular, and a lot oh, of yeah. the mixed metals. And so those things are stuff that we just generally have laying around. Some florists do. But, you know, most of us for these unique custom events that we're creating, we're having to source these things for your event. So the earlier out that you can start making your commitments with your floors, the sooner that we can start procuring the hard goods and all the things in addition to the flowers that we'll have to have. And so, um, you know, I think we mentioned a little bit about some seasonal stuff that happens and, you know, things that we just can't avoid. So it's important that that, that when you when you develop this list, like, okay, a lot of brides, one of the most popular flowers are peonies. Everyone loves peonies, but peonies are not available year-round. Um, I think there are some farms in Alaska because of the 24-hour daylight um, during the winter that does have a longer harvest. But you just have to be very, very careful and make sure that, you know, the season that you're getting married in, what you want is available. And then accept the fact that if it's not available, throw it in the, in the what bucket? The fucking bucket. Throw it in the fucking bucket. There's nothing you can do about it. Get over it. Again, it's not rocket science. There's so many different variety of flowers. I guarantee you, if you have your heart set on one, we can find one of the other billion varieties of flowers, something that will meet or exceed your expectations. If you are purchasing your own flowers, I love at the top of the show you said that you know you are all for people going for it and you can buy flowers from hundreds of different places, uh, but it can be complicated if you are choosing to do this and you're a bride or a groom who's like, I'm going to do it myself. Let's talk about the lead up, the wedding week. If you are DIYing your flowers, <laughs> what are your best tips for making this shit go down in yeah. a very positive way and yeah. not have wilting death around you? It's so funny. I was just on a panel last week called Wilted Weddings. And so funny, <laughs> funny you mentioned that. And so for the bride, groom, or couple, 
that is DIYing their flowers, which I am a proponent of. Not everyone uh-huh. can afford professional floral design services. And the last thing I want people to do with me is spend their last hard-earned money and be upset about it after the fact. Like, yeah, they're going to love the flowers sure. the day of, and they're going to have all types of buyers remorse afterwards. That's not what I'm going for. <laughs> if you're DIYing your flowers, you need to start getting your flowers probably on the Tuesday or Wednesday if your wedding is on a Saturday. So in particularly roses really need to be cut and soaking in water for several days prior to design so that they can be fully hydrated and give you that shelf life on that day of the event. So I start getting flowers like roses on Mondays and Tuesdays. And it seems a little early, but it's not because the flower needs to be in its most pristine shape when you're designing and when it's going to be displayed. So start getting your flowers earlier in the week. Make sure that you have plenty of buckets. Make sure that you have flower food. There's, um, you know, Chrysal and the Floral Life. There's several different brands that you can buy even at, you know, your local craft store, even sells floral food. Buy those things, you know, make sure your water's good and your buckets are clean. You need fresh, um, you know, the flower food, cut your stems and just leave them alone. Let them hang out for a couple of days. Let them warm up, open up and be really, really beautiful. And so another thing is people have this myth that flowers have to be refrigerated. And I've, I've, you know, mm. made boutonnieres and corsages for people. Like, do I need to take them home and put it in the refrigerator? I mean, yeah, if it's going to be out a week. But if you're, you know, for, like, for <laughs> in general, like I, I've designed like bridal bouquets you know, two days, two days before the wedding, you know, like that bouquet is going to just continue to thrive and the greenery is going to be more vibrant. The blooms are going to get fresher and, and just more hardy as that time goes and the more um, time they spend in that fresh water. So it doesn't require a ton of rocket science, but one tip I would recommend for the average DIYer is call your local florists. Um, every city or most cities have multiple florists. I know in my city, there's two or three like really, really big box florists. And what they offer is free storage. So you can, absolutely, it is a thing. So call around, see if your local florist is willing to store your flowers for you. We're fortunate enough in Richmond where both of the huge um, retail florists will actually let you design. You just have to buy the flowers from them. They will let you design and store your flowers there as part of buying wow. it. Isn't that cool? So you don't That's a great tip. It is a great thing. Like and you don't know until you ask. And I guarantee you, like for example, like if you go to our local wholesaler, if you buy the flowers, the glassware, and all of the hard goods from that particular space or place, they will let you design and store. So it's it's amazing. So you're really running your own course. Who knew? You have the That's the, amazing. Yeah. I, I love that. Absolutely. Now, can we can we also talk a little bit about um, using flowers in other ways rather than just putting them in a vase? And I know that it's getting, um, you know, Pinterest is <laughs> it's blooming with ideas with hanging bloody cages and stuff yeah. and we're putting them on <laughs> cakes and people wearing them on their heads and on yes. their bodies. There's so many different ways you can use flowers that aren't just necessarily in the middle of a table. Absolutely. Let's talk about some of your favourite ideas that are happening at the moment. Well, I, I am a sucker for a ceiling installation and I would, I would not, (laughs) yeah, right. I know I would not recommend a DIY bride attempt a ceiling installation at any level, but I am, I am totally smitten 
by a ceiling full of flowers. And so wow. that that is definitely one of my, my most favorite things to see. I also love, love, love any type of cascade. So if it's a staircase, I love flowers just cascading off of the staircase. And I love them in some un- unconventional spaces. Like I love to see flowers in pools. Like I love to see flowers in fountains. I love to see flowers any place that on cars even like I've seen some awesome work, um, you know, with flowers just spilling out of cars and on the hoods of cars. What about pianos? I've had a chance to work Ooh. with one of my flower idols, Sarah Campbell of Intrigue Designs in Annapolis, Maryland, and we covered an entire grand piano in orchids and roses. How about oh, that? What do you beautiful. think about that? Yeah. Oh, I so, love that. So anything out of the box, any place where you can put flowers where they're not supposed to be are my most favorite places to put flowers. Nice. Well, that's good. And I think you, you, I think a lot of times people just need that little bit of lateral thinking when it comes to decor as well, that you don't have to follow. There's no rules. No, no rules at all. Not at all. And, you know, it's funny. I'm a florist, but I encourage people to, to design their wedding around who they are as a couple. And a lot of times that's not with flowers. And so I know that everyone that expects the flower guy, Bron, to talk about flowers and to upsell flowers. But I have brides that walk into my studio all the time who know that they have to have fresh flowers um, because, you know, they want to be gracious to fan hosts. But they will say, Brian, you know, I'm really not a flower person. And so some people will be offended. And, you know, and then, and then in the beginning, I used to wonder, like, well, why are you here? Like, my name is the flower guy, Brian. But I had to learn exactly what that meant. That meant that this bride appreciates flowers, but that she's not willing. That's not her number one thing overwhelmingly yeah. that bride's biggest thing is entertainment. So she spent fifteen or twenty thousand dollars on a live a sixteen piece band. And and then maybe her, her, her other thing is is food and beverage. So she has an international food different international food stations and a top shelf bar. I can't be mad at her because she doesn't want to spend, you know, uh, you know, five figures on on flowers like that i can't be mad at her about that so you just kind of have to figure out what works for you and if it's not flowers then you can decorate with candles decorate with whatever it is that is a symbol of you as a couple maybe it's tchotchkes from your trips and you want to style those on a table and maybe have a bud base of flowers and let the flowers Mm -hmm. complement something else so you know it's not always about you know, how can we load the room with flowers? Think outside the box and make sure that your designs are reflective of of who you are and how you live. Yes. And I think also, as you said, sometimes it's not go big or go home. It's minimalism. And especially if you've got a really complicated, busy, you know, beautiful venue that doesn't need a lot, you don't don't have to add more to it. You could use that as a more minimalistic effect, couldn't you? Absolutely. You know, sometimes less is more. And from a a uh, luxury event florist, you know, that those are like curse words, I guess, for my for my industry. But <laughs> but I'm telling you, again, I only want people to have what they view is necessary and beautiful for their space. Now, of course, I'm going to yeah. help you think outside the box. I'm going to help you, you know, push the envelope for what you would normally settle for. And I'm going to I'm going to kind of navigate you through a different process. But again, you know, if it's not meaningful to you, you shouldn't have it. I want you to enjoy the process and love the product. And no one does that when they aren't totally in to what they're doing. So we have to kind of help people. Yeah, they have to be vested. Exactly. Now, Bron, after the wedding, um, I've been encouraging my listeners to explore options about flower donation. Do you have any advice about that? Because I think sometimes it's really nice to be able to pass on 
your the beauty and joy of having lovely flowers to people that maybe don't have the access to absolutely them. so you know and this is a service we do have a concierge um, flower delivery service that we offer to our clients um, who have like a, an, an enormous amount of leftover flowers at the end of the evening um, the, the only thing from a florist perspective that we have to consider is that it is a service now it sounds nice um, in theory, to just, you know, pick up the flowers at the end of the evening and, and drop them off somewhere. But the, real, yeah. the reality from a florist perspective is that that's time and labor dedicated to something that they really didn't intend on having to return for. Like, I re- yeah. we return for all of our hard goods and, you know, the things that are not sold, but flowers are sold. So it's more labor for me to have to bring them back into the studio, then tweak them, redesign them, and then deliver them. But we do offer that as a service because we want people to be able to enjoy these flowers for as long as possible. And it's harder for me, per se, as a vendor to, to get those flowers out to these different, you know, whether it's a community nursing home or community center or whoever. It's much easier for the family, the day of the event, that, that evening, to help help us disperse those flowers so that we're yes. not having to trash them. I tell every planner I work with and every mother of the bride, honor the bride, whoever's helping, listen, I am only coming back for things that are not living or perishable. I'm coming back for metal and glass. That's it. I'm not coming back <laughs> for perishable goods. So please do your best. You And I even sell my glassware for that same reason. So like the vases, like the, you know, the low compote vases that our centerpieces go in a lot of times, that client is purchasing those vases. So that they can take the entire thing. It's easy. Take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. I don't want it. I don't care what you do with it. Um, but I'm going to have to charge you a little something for me to have to take it back, fix it, and then deliver it. So sure. I encourage all of my brides and all of your listeners to have a plan in place for what you're going to do with all of your leftover flowers. It's not going to be practical for you to take it all home. No one has space for a ballroom full of flowers in their living room. So be gracious, figure out who you're going to give them to, plan it and give them away. It's the best thing to do. And, and you know, and I hate at the end of the night coming and you know, we always have these brides who linger and I'm just like, can you please leave so I can trash your flowers? I can't trash them in front of you. <laughs> like it just, I can't do it. So I'd rather you give them away before you have to sit here and witness me dump your investment in the trash. So, yes, give them oh away. Give them away. Give them away. I, look, Bron, no secret. I, if I'm a guest at a wedding and they like, take the flowers home, I am like fucking, I'm putting them in the boot of the oh, car. Yes. I, I'm like, give me the flowers. <coughs> Anything for free. Yes. I think, um, you know, if you've got the opportunity to say to guests as well, help us out with delivering them to care homes or take them home and use them yourself. I think it's great. And also there are heaps. I've had emails from bride chillers all over the world saying, oh, we've found charities that will come and pick them up. So I suppose it's just doing your research yeah. in your local area and saying, hey, if you want if you want them, come and get them. Absolutely. Or we can send Uncle Bob to deliver them later on if he's not too drunk. Absolutely. There you go. If. But hopefully he is. Well, hopefully he's had a nice time. Maybe the, <laughs> you can pick them up the next day. Right, there you go. <laughs> Bron, this has been a delight. You are a, a, you are a true bride chiller guest. You are a, a, the king of the chillers, can I oh, just say? Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. I feel at home with you oh and the gosh. fellow chill, fellow chillers. 
I like the fellow chillers. That's very good. Well, we, we, we would welcome you back with open arms. And uh, I'm going to encourage any of our chillers that are in the Richmond area. Where do you – tell me your trading area so we can spread the love as well. Yeah, so we are based here in Richmond, Virginia on Main Street. You can't miss us. Um, but we serve we serve all of the Virginia market, D.C. and Maryland as well. So if oh, you're great. if you're in in the D.C. market in the Maryland market, that whole DMV is what we call it here in this area. We service all of these different markets and providing the same level of luxury floral design and event design services across the board. And so you can catch us on Facebook, on Instagram, Pinterest, and every social media outlet at the Flower Guy Bronze. So. Please, if you have a chance, go on our, our website, check out our looks, send us a message. Instagram, follow us. We'll follow you back if you're cool enough. Just kidding. Everyone's cool enough. <laughs> but we but we love we love social media world. So, you know, check us out and, and we'd love to stay in touch. Oh, you're a pro, Bron. Thank you uh, so much. And and please, please come back and share the share your skills, your wealth, and your lovely humor again. I will and, I would uh, love to. Please let's book it. Seriously. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Uh, Bron, thank you and happy days. You too. (laughs) You too. The Bride Chiller Podcast, telling chair covers to get fucked since 2014. 